Hallelujah. He is here in the sanctuary. We can't go back the same. He's going to heal the brokenhearted. The heavy burdens that you've carried, come lay them down in the sanctuary. Give them unto him. You see, he says that, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy burdened. You see, he wants to exchange that with you. Take his yoke, for it is easy, and his burden, for it is light. He wants that exchange. Why do we want to carry that excess baggage with us? If we came heavy, we need to go back light. We cannot go back the same. He's here. Let his sweet anointing wash over you. Let it cleanse you. Let it take away that heavy burden, that brokenheartedness. And let him give you healing, wholeness, refreshing, restoration. It's only him that can do that. So why don't you release it unto him? Why do we like to carry these burdens with us? They weigh us down. You see, when you're carrying these yokes and these heavy burdens, you cannot really progress. You cannot move properly as you ought to. They weigh you down. They cause you to look back. They cause you to stagger. You cannot concentrate and move on as you should. Let's drop it. No more excess baggage. No more excess baggage. Let's drop it. Give it to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, today we're going to go on a little journey. Um, I got a lot of scriptures, but I decided that, okay, we will not go through all of them. Else we'll be here for a very long time. So I just selected a few that we'll quickly look at. Um, I titled my message and then I didn't title it because you see, sometimes when you give your message a title, we tend to focus on that particular thing and don't look at what God is going to use it to do. I may start off a certain way and before you know it, I've gone off at a tangent through no fault of mine. If God leads me that way, that's the way I go. So even though I have got a title in my mind that, okay, this is what I'm talking about, and this is where I think God is going to lead us through, it may change as we go along. The Spirit himself, that's what he wants to do. It's not my doing. Mine is simply to talk about our walk with God. So walk with God. How do we walk with someone? You see, how can you walk with someone that you're not in agreement with? It's not possible. They have a different mindset, different ideas, different destiny, different position, different direction to you. You cannot walk together with the one. You'll be going in opposite directions. It's not possible. So if we're walking with God, then we must have the mind of God. We must hear him when he speaks. We must hear the spirit when the spirit talks. So we know that where the spirit is going or how and when uh, or where the spirit is leading us. We must be in agreement. And we, for, to do that, we must know his word. So to walk with God, we need to know his word. What is it that he's saying? In the Bible, there were quite a number of people who walked with God. I'll just pick a few. David, perhaps somebody's thinking, mm, David, all that he did, yes, in spite of all his shortcomings and his faults, he walked with God. 
And the Lord himself said, a man after my own heart. Do you think God didn't know his shortcomings? He did. But he still knew that David loved him and David liked to do what he had purposed him to do. We have Joshua. We have Moses. We have Enoch. All these people, they walked with God. We have the disciples. And we have ourselves. We're walking with God, aren't we? You see, Enoch was faithful to God and he walked with him. And we are told in the Bible in Genesis 5, 21, 24, that he lived a long time. I think we'll quickly skip through quite a few of these scriptures so it comes to life. If we go to Genesis chapter 5 and we go to 21 and 24. When Enoch was 65 years old, I'm reading the Amplified. Do you know, let's switch to NIV to make it easy for everyone. Um, I've changed it to NIV. Okay, when Enoch had lived 65 years, he, came, he became the father of Methuselah. We all know Methuselah. After he became the father of Methuselah, Enoch walked faithfully with God 300 years and had other sons and daughters. So he walked faithfully with God for 300 years. Can you imagine that? Can you picture that? 300 years being faithful to God. That's what Enoch did. You see, um, let's pick up another scripture in Isaiah. Isaiah 41. Isaiah 41 and verse 10. It says, So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. This is what God says. Not to fear, not to be dismayed, for he is with us. He will strengthen us. When we walk with him, that is what happens. Fear evaporates. It goes away. He tells us clearly in his word, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. That is the God that we serve. And he says, all who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be as nothing and perish. So forget about your enemies. They have nowhere to go. There's not much they can do. When, God, when you walk with God, they can't do much. Um, we're going to whisk through again. Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2 and 6. Colossians 2, 6. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. Rooted, I'm continuing to 7, rooted and built up in him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. So you see, if we receive Christ, we should continue to live in him as he lives in us. That's our walk with him. Rooted and built up in and strengthened in the faith as we were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Thankfulness. I'll pick up a few more. If we look at First John, First John, 
chapter 2. And verse 3. We'll start from verse 3. 3 to 6. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anybody obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Live in love. Jesus lived in love. Love, love, love. He is love. And therefore, we must walk in love. If we want to be like him, we must radiate love. Love even towards our enemies. And that's the difficult bit, isn't it? As for friends, it's easy to love a friend, isn't it? Or those who are on the same page as you. It's those others who we class as enemies that we struggle with in loving. Because the natural mind says, I cannot love my enemy. But that is not what the word of God is telling us. We're even asked to pray for them. Pray for your enemies. Would you pray for your enemy? Difficult as it is. We're to show them love. We're to pray for them at all times in every work that we do. Then we look at, I said this at the beginning, if you're not in agreement with someone or with a thing, you don't generally move in the same direction. It may be here and you would be elsewhere. The two don't meet. The two don't work together. And we'll find this clearly in Amos chapter 3. If we look for Amos, the book of Amos chapter 3. Amos 3 and verse 3. Do two walk together unless they have agreed to do so? Does a lion, I'll just continue. Does a lion roar in the thicket when it has no prey? Does it growl in its den when it has caught nothing? Does a bird swoop down to a trap on the ground when no bait is there? So you see, right from the very beginning, do two walk together unless they've agreed to do so? Have we agreed to walk with God? I'm assuming here, I'm basing this on this assumption now, that we've all given our lives to Christ. And by that act, we've agreed to walk with him, to walk the same path that he walks, to hear his word, to hear him when he speaks, and to follow what, he is, what it is he's telling us to do. So that is our walk with God. Are we walking the way we ought to? Matthew, I'm taking you. Today we're just journeying through the Bible. Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew 11:28. And this reflects the song that we've just sung. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, is our soul restless? 
If it is restless, we know where to turn or who to turn to. He says and continues to say, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Do you know trouble, issues, the stresses of life can actually burden you. They can weary you. They can wear you out if you let them. If it's constantly on your mind, on your subconscious, and you keep churning it in your mind, turning it over and over and over and over again, it burdens. It becomes a burden. It becomes a burden. You become weary. You lose hope. You lose strength. You lose energy. It wears you out. It wears you down. Very soon you become miserable. Everything upsets you. Every little thing upsets you. But you see, he's telling us here, come to me, all you who are weary. Is that so difficult? It's interesting. Somebody may ask, or somebody's thinking, surely there's got to be a catch. There is no catch with Jesus. Come, that's all he's saying. Come, come to me. That's not too difficult, is it? Come to me. But then many a times, by our actions, we are telling him that we can handle it ourselves. We don't go, as he says, we should, we ought to. We want to handle it ourselves. There are, I don't know if you've come across this, there are people, and it's kind of interesting, who do not want to release their challenges to Jesus or to anyone else. They like to hold it, Fun it a little bit, turn it, oh yeah, it's like you're baking, uh, ladies tell, correct me if I go wrong, you're baking and you turn it a little bit so that it bakes all the way around and you have fully cooked whatever it is, bread, cake, whatever it is. So we do that with our burdens, we don't let go, we hold on to them and it's like in the oven of our minds, turn it this way a little bit turn it to the left a little bit, upside down a little bit, so it gets cooked evenly. No. Why would we want to do that? He says, come to me. Release it unto him. Why are we holding on to it? Why? I don't know. Human beings, we are complex, aren't we? We've been told a simple thing. Come to me. Give it to me. But perhaps in our minds, we're thinking, oh, that's so easy. What's the catch? There must be a catch. Because it can't be as simple as give it to me, release it unto me, or come to me and exchange. Take my yoke for it is easy and my burden for it is light. In our minds, it's probably saying, oh no, this won't work. Uh, there's a catch. There's got to be a catch somewhere. There is no catch. It's as simple as that. And that's what we struggle with, isn't it? I know some people who like to hold on to their stresses and challenges so they can find it a little bit. And then maybe sometimes they just just put it down a little bit to cool off a bit. They go around and then come back and pick it up again and find it again and, and woe is me. They, they, I don't know if you have people like that just trying to find it and keep it going. But no, he says, release it unto me. Is that too hard for us to do? Is anything too difficult for the Lord? No. You see, his scripture says, our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Our Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy outstretched arms. Nothing is too difficult for you. And it adds there, it qualifies it. 
Absolutely nothing. So if we're saying absolutely nothing is too difficult for our Lord and our God, why do we not release it unto him, but rather choose to hold on, to fund it, to fund the stresses, the challenges, the burdens, so that it can grow a bit? Is that whole idea behind this so everybody sees that you've got a big stress or a big burden? Does that then invite people to your pity party? He doesn't want us to have pity parties. He wants us to release all those things unto him. And when the spirit takes over and comes deep into you and directs you in the path that you should go, you can then have a party. You can then have a Holy Ghost party where you and the Lord party, where you and the Lord in your closet, in your living room, in your bedroom, you can have a party with the Holy Spirit. Raising your hands to him, singing to him and thanking him for all that he's done. It doesn't have to be here. It can be in your bedroom, in your car, at your workplace, wherever you are. You can have a Holy Ghost party. But for you to have that party, you must release those stresses and burdens onto him so that he and you together can be joyful and you in appreciation will lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then you sing praise unto him. You worship him. That's what we ought to do. So our PT parties must end. We need to release all unto the Lord. Then there is that great one that we all know about in Luke 24. I shall not read that. Um, that's when Jesus died and rose again on the road to Emmaus. We all remember that. He walked alongside them. He came alongside and walked with them. And as he walked, what happened? Interesting. He talked about the scripture. He talked about himself. He talked about the word. He imparted. He kept talking about it. That is what happens in our walk with God. As the Holy Spirit comes alongside us, he reminds us of scriptures. We hear. It keeps coming. We're tuned in. Our antennae are tuned in. Zeroing in on where the word is coming from and what is being said. And we hear. He keeps giving it to us. He keeps filling us. He keeps pouring out into us. That's what walking with him does to us and for us. We need to walk with him. We need to allow him to be by our side in all that we do. We shouldn't do it by ourselves because we cannot do it on our own. This world is a wicked world and there are so many enemies. Every day is a battle. You cannot fight that battle on your own. You need strength. You need a backer. You see, and you need to keep going forward. There will be obstacles that may stop you. But with the spirit inside you, you all you need to do is keep going, keep going, keep going. You see, it talks about the helmet of salvation. You know, all those things that I mentioned, the shoes of peace, breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit. Everything is for forward Marching. Have you noticed that the back really isn't protected when you read that particular scripture? Because he's with us. 
He is with us, moving us along. So all we have to keep doing is move forward, move forward. He's backing us. The enemy cannot surprise us suddenly by coming behind us and attacking because he sees all. He sees everywhere. He sees everything and he sees everywhere. So we're under his protection. All we have to keep doing is keep moving forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward. And when we walk with him, we are able to do that. He reminds us of scriptures. He reminds us of himself. Because we are in sync with him, we keep worshiping, we keep praising, we keep thanking him. And as we do that more and more, his presence floods us. It floods our soul. It floods us. He engulfs us. His glory is around us. His glory surrounds us. We are hidden in him. We are hidden in him. And he seals us in his blood. That blood forms a hedge of protection around us that the enemy cannot penetrate. No matter how hard the enemy tries, the enemy can't stand the blood and the enemy cannot overcome the blood. That's the blood of Jesus. That's what it does for us. We shouldn't forget. The blood. The blood. The blood delivers. The blood sets free. The blood makes whole. See, that blood that he shed for us, it does so many things. It heals us. It restores us. We've been redeemed by that same blood. And by the blood, he forms a covenant with us. That covenant is one of victory. It's one of protection. It's one of grace. It's one of blessing. See, That's why we need to keep walking with him in all that we do. He says, come to me. Why are we finding that so difficult? Another thing that happens as we walk with the Lord is in Psalm 23, 1 to 6. The Lord is my shepherd, so he becomes our protector, our shepherd. He leads us. He protects us. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, fruitfulness. He leads me beside quiet waters, peace. He refreshes my soul, ah, joy in the soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. So he guides us as we walk with him. Even though I walk through the valley, the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So you see, in spite of the challenges, the obstacles, the ditches, the plots of the enemy to bring it down, you fear no evil because you have that assurance that he's walking with you and that he protects us. You fear no evil. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. You see, right in the midst, right in the midst, as footballers will say, the 18, the box, the penalty. That's where you score the goals, isn't it? Right in front, right under the noses of your enemies, he prepares a table. He's so sure that they cannot touch you, they can do nothing to you. So he plunks a table right there under their noses and says, feast, my child, feast, enjoy, be at peace. That is the goal that we serve. 
And it says here, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. So there's abundant blessing. Surely, goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Mm. So that assurance, that goodness and love, some places they exchange love with mercy, shall dwell, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, all the days of my life, so as we walk with him every day, we have that guarantee, that assurance, that guarantee, that assurance. Um, do you recall just a few years, it now seems so ancient, just a few years back, do you remember when you wrote out a check? We had the check guarantee card. Oh, you don't remember? Where have you been? Do you remember when we wrote a check, we had the check guarantee card? That card gave you that assurance that no this, the paper, that check leaflet that you gave out would be honored. Jesus is our check guarantee card as we walk every day. It means no matter what, that money, that check you wrote will be honored. In the same way, he gives the guarantee that he will honor his word over your life. That's his guarantee. All you have to do is walk with him. Walk with him. Walk, walk, walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm going to cut some of these uh, scriptures. Um, let's look at Psalm, Psalm 1. Psalms number 1. And we shall read. One to three. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Emphasis. Does not walk in step with the wicked. That's anybody who is not of God. Or stand in the way that sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers. But those who, those but whose delight, I beg your pardon, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Can you see that? So, as we walk with him and do not walk in the way of sinners or scoffers or mockers or the wicked, but as we meditate on his word, as we walk with him day and night, and therefore meditate on his word day and night, look what happens. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. What does that do? That signifies nourishing so as a tree, the roots go down, the water nourishes, and all the nutrients in the soil and the water nourish that tree, and it blooms, it grows. And it says it yields fruit in its season. And it says that the leaf 
does not wither. So it's an evergreen plant. If you look at the seasons, right now it's happening. The change is happening. We're in autumn, soon to be in winter. Yep, we're in autumn, still autumn. What's happening? The leaves are falling. The color of the leaves is changing. They're no longer green. Yellow, brown, all kinds of colors. Changing, changing. But if you're watered, as this says, if you're planted by streams of water, that talks of the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit. If you are in him, your leaves never wither and they are evergreen. They are always green, always ready for the process of producing food for the plant to take place. Always ready. That is what we need to do so that we do not move away from being evergreen and we do not lose our sustenance because that's what the Holy Spirit gives to us and does for us. He sustains us. He makes sure that we get enough. He makes sure that we are fed, we are nourished, we are protected, and we grow. We grow because for any living thing, you've got to grow. For any living thing, you don't have a choice. There is growth. There is growth. When I first found out that our skin grows constantly, I was kind of shocked because I thought, oh, yeah, it's the same thing. I don't see no difference. But you see, do you know, it sheds itself constantly and it regrows. It grows, 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 grows all the time. Every living thing, all the cells in our body, they have to grow. Otherwise, they're dead. So as a Christian, as a child of God, we are nourished so that we grow. Hallelujah. First John chapter 1. First John. And we go to um, chapter 1, verse 6. Verse 6. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. See what walking with God does. If we walk in the light, the light of God here, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another as brothers and sisters. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us. It cleanses us from all sin. It restores us. Walking with him. Walk, walk, walk with God every day, day and night. Let's saturate ourselves with his word. I'll look at uh, about three more scriptures and then I promise you I shall not let you whisk through the Bible. Okay, so again, First John chapter 2 and verse, let's see if I've got this. 
First John chapter 2, and then we'll look at verse 6. Oh, no, let's start from verse 5. Sorry. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Hearing from God at all times, we ought to tune in to hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Are we walking in love? Because Jesus is love. And if we live in him, we must exude that love. Love must come out from us. We cannot do it in our own strength. But we have to rely on him totally to make this possible in our lives. Exude love. Loving our enemies. That is the difficult thing, isn't it? Um, It's easy to love friends and those who love you. But can you imagine, uh, you know someone really does not like you, hates you. I didn't want to use the word hate, but let's use hate. And then you are supposed to love them. That's what we ought to do. Because love conquers all. We can't do it in our own strength. The spirit will enable us to do that. Because this flesh isn't made that way. It's only the spirit of God who enables us to show love. Hallelujah. We're going on a journey today. A journey, a journey, a journey. We look at John chapter 8, verse 12. John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Wouldn't you want to have the light of life? Because that light will lead you through. You see, his, that light, Jesus is the word. He's the light of the world. Now, his light will be a lamp onto our feet. What do we do with lamps to see the way that we go? You see, so right by us, his word, his light will be a lamp to our feet. As we take a step in the darkness, his lamp, right, shines so that we can see, so we don't stumble. And ahead of us, it is a light. So further, so you see, it's, it's two things. Right around us and ahead of us. So, He shines right the way through. So we don't miss a step around us. And we can see clearly where we're going much further ahead. uh, Let's look at a a case where you're driving on the motorway. You know, there are certain sections of the motorway where we don't have the street lights. And so those sections can be very dark, very dark. And sometimes if you use your normal light, you can only see up to a point, but once you hit the beam, the highlight, it throws the light way ahead, so you can see way, way, way ahead, long before you get there. That's what the word of God does. His light does that. It shows us the way. We can see way ahead that it's all clear, it's all good. So that's what we need to hold on to and rely on. 
Romans 8, Romans 12, I beg your pardon. Romans chapter 12. Romans 12. And verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So you see, in order to walk with him, you should not conform yourself to the pattern of this world. But there should be a renewal, a renewing of your mind. As your mind is renewed, there's that transformation. So that you'll be able to attest, you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Because if you look at, if you conform to the world, you cannot see what God is doing or saying. Because you see, God's way doesn't make sense to the natural mind. It doesn't. And so there's always that conflict. But if you cleanse your mind, if your mind is transformed and you're totally reliant on the spirit, the spirit will guide you and give you interpretation and it will show you the way. So, as we walk with him, he will show us this more and more. I got two more to talk about and then we're done with scriptures and I'll talk about one other thing and then... So, we're going now to the Old Testament. We're going all the way back to Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. And we look at chapter 8. And verse 6, chapter 8, verse 6. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. So by walking in obedience, what is it he is saying? Are you doing what it is that he is saying? Do you revere the Lord or is the Lord just anything to you? Of course he's not. You must revere him. You must worship him. You must be thankful to him. You must praise him. So again, observe the commands of the Lord your God. Love. 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 Love one another. Love our enemies. And that's the difficult one. We need to learn to love our enemies. Not in our own strength, but in the strength and power of the spirit. Hallelujah. Then we look at the last scripture, which is found in Micah. One of those obscure minor prophets. Micah. Chapter 6 and verse 8. Verse 8, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? Good question. To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God or prudently with your God. Let me read that again. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. 
And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. We can do that, can't we? We all can. To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. We can do that. Hallelujah. You see, so every day, our words should be, draw me close to you, O Lord. Never let me go. We don't want to be away from his presence. Never let me go. And we must be saying to him, I'll lay it all down again before you. Just to know that I'm your friend. Let me find a way. Lead me back to you. Where we miss the path, we must say this. Even where we've not missed the path, we need to remind ourselves constantly so we never miss that path. So we need to constantly find a way leading us back to him. Let me find a way leading me back to you. As we walk with Jesus, resting on him and being totally reliant on him, that is what will happen. We become well-versed in his word as we walk with him daily, his will and his ways. We get to know it. It is the case, really, isn't it? If you're walking with someone, if you're close to someone, you get to know them, you get to understand them. Sometimes you can even second guess. You, because you know how they think, you know how they talk, you know how they do things. So you can second guess and you know, okay, this is going to be the next thing. Or this is what this person likes. Or this is the way this person is going to go. If we know the Lord, he will, we will get to know his ways and we will follow those ways. And we ought to be completely reliant on him. His ways, his will. And we need to walk in obedience to his word. Because it is these that give us the connection to him. To continue to be connected to him. His way, his will, his obedience. We need to do that. Close to him. Then as we do this, joy emanates from us. The joy of the Lord. And what does joy do? Joy gives us strength. It's interesting, isn't it? When you are stressed and worried and burdened, do you realize that your energy is sapped? You don't have a lot of energy. It wears you out. You're weak. But joy is the opposite. It gives you boundless energy. And some people will be thinking, What's wrong with this guy? What's there to be happy about? They're wondering, why is he so happy? What's there to be happy about? But that joy gives you that energy. Energy. And sometimes that energy, with that energy, feel like zapping people. Come on, be joyful, be happy. God is good. So that's what we ought to do. And... We cannot say we're walking with God and walking in the opposite direction. We must walk in the same direction, go in the same direction of travel that he's going. Otherwise, we're not really walking with him. We shouldn't deceive ourselves. We need to stay by his side. 
That way, our lifestyles mimics that of the Lord. That which he wants it to be. A full life, a victorious life. Hallelujah. Joseph walked with the Lord. We should walk with the Lord. As we do so, he anoints us. There's overflow. There's abundance in our lives. And you see, we lay down the burden more and more as we walk with him. We lay it down. The brokenheartedness, the illnesses, everything that troubles us, we lay them at his feet. Because he doesn't want us to go back with those. We should not go back with those. We must walk in the presence of the Lord. These things cannot exist. So if we're walking with him, these things go away. We must release it unto him. Hallelujah.